Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. Today, I can't even wait for you to learn about this brand called Drake's Organic Spirits. And I mean, I can't even wait for you to meet... My guest on today's podcast, Mark Anderson, CEO. Mark, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Hey, good mo- uh, good morning, Justin. <laughs> right. Great to be here. Dude, it's so nice to meet you. I was looking forward to this. I had so much fun like learning about you and, and your product line and whatnot. I can't even wait. I wanted to go there right away. But before we get there, um, I got to ask you first, Talk, share a little bit about your background. What were you doing before launching Drake's? Yeah, before Drake's for the previous two decades, I was in <laughs> two decades food, food and uh, commodity industry. So primarily handling um, ingredients that go into food, beverage, cosmetic, pet food, um, importation, commodity trading. Uh, I was a pilot, uh, still am, and uh, yeah, been at this for a while. I love that, and you've you've done this a couple times, right? You've gotten into the entrepreneurship space, and like, and you you brought together all of your knowledge and experience from the past. Like, how did you decide to go from kind of the ingredients to, Hey, maybe I'll make a product here. Like where'd this idea come from? Uh, well, whenever there's a void in the market, I'm fairly good at putting together the puzzle pieces and going back to, uh, growing up in North Dakota on a farm, um, seeing the movie, uh, trading places with Eddie Murphy. I don't totally. Know oh yeah. <laughs> seen that, but it, it, in 96, I saw that movie and I'm, I'm like, you mean to tell me you can do this on paper? So <laughs> right. uh, I did some research on all the exchanges throughout the U.S., New York, Chicago, Kansas City, Minneapolis, found out that I could lease a seat at the Minneapolis Grand Exchange for $15 a month. Wow. So took my credit card, moved to Minneapolis with $5,000 and started trading in the pit, becoming a market maker. And then from 2000 to 2003, I figured out how to... Um, arbitrage the derivatives against the um, futures and um, started to to work in the the commodity and dairy industry so got it um, retired in 2004 um, <laughs> started back up in 2008 with uh, uh, non-gmo and organic ingredients specifically uh, non-gmo and uh, went to Thailand bought half the country's citric acid it's <laughs> um, crazy applying- what <laughs> Yeah, so, so I was supplying um, Dr. Pepper, Coke, yep. and Lever C. Um, and then 2010, I changed that supply chain to South America uh, to get closer uh, lead times and to also start securing uh, cane sugar. Wow. And cane sugar being non-GMO and citric acid uh, produced from uh, tapioca starch being non-GMO um, became the biggest importer of basically organic cane sugar from oh my gosh. 2012 to 2015. But in 2012, that was the first year that the non-GMO project um, started to uh, do their auditing, provide third-party services for non-GMO verification. Totally. And yep. my company was the first um, to become non-GMO verified for citric acid and sugar, wow. um, which meant any company that wanted that non-GMO project verification uh, had to source non-GMO sugar and citric from Captain Drake. And then Flavor House Company started calling 
asking for organic alcohol to produce their organic extracts. Got it. And back in 2014, 2015, nobody had produced organic alcohol or non-GMO verified for that matter. So um, they asked and I said, yeah, of course. So we started <laughs> right. producing organic alcohol from our organic cane sugar back in 2015, 2016. Wow. And um, uh, 2017, realizing that all the certifications that we had for the organic bulk alcohol that I was supplying to the extract companies and the CBD um, companies, th th there was no other spirit brand um, that had organic, non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and kosher certifications. Wow. So I did a lot of research, interviewed a lot of companies that um, failed, interviewed a lot of companies that succeeded, and um, started to figure out the common denominator that each had and launched Drake's Organic Spirits in the fourth quarter of 2017 with an organic vodka and an organic rum. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Drake's Organic Spirits, the largest capacity organic alcohol company in the U.S. and the first to achieve all five certifications, USDA organic, non-GMO project certified, gluten-free, vegan, and kosher. Um, when you started back at the Minneapolis Grain Exchange with $5,000 as a credit card advance, did you know this is where you wanted to focus, like this industry? Or was it at the time kind of like, hey, this is interesting? I, I, what was your mindset then? <laughs> Yeah, it was an adventure. So I, uh, uh, I was a pilot um, trying to build hours. And, and uh, when I made that leap of faith um, to start trading at the grain exchange, it was because I knew I was never going to be able to afford an airplane by flying for somebody else. Got and it. Body that's trading so, and that's interesting. That, that statement right there is very interesting, right? <laughs> if I want to afford so, an airplane, it's not through flying some, for somebody else. Interesting. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> So the um, the movie Trading Places intrigued me that that you could actually trade these commodities on paper, but not having a Series Seven or Eleven and not being a broker, um, just walking into the pit, opening up a, a account with a clearing firm, and to start learning how to um, arbitrage and and become a market maker. You know, that was um, baptism by fire, basically. So <laughs> right. some some huge swings um, up and down, up and down, and uh, eventually figured out that arbitraging the physical commodities against the future commodities, that was something that most people um, didn't do, most companies sure. didn't do. And the other side of it was I was just doing it for myself, um, my own company, which meant I had anonymity nobody knew how deep or how shallow my pockets were so when i would come into a market underneath my company right nobody knew if it was a huge hedge fund uh, a huge company um or just little me so i was <laughs> so moving um markets and uh did very well wow. but in 2008 <laughs> the opportunity of um seeing the, the the different verticals different industries of pet food and beverages and um, grocery, all those had started to move around 2001 to 2008 from um, Whole Foods opening up in 2001, establishing that organic um, uh, can be attainable at a, at a reasonable price. Sure. Uh, the, the bigger issue in 2008 that most states were now dealing with was food label liability and non-GMO statements being made. 
And I realized at that time, um, partly due to my background on the farm, that 96% of all corn in the U.S. is genetically modified, 93% of all soybeans, and 100% of all sugar beets. Wow. And knowing that all starch and protein in the U.S. basically is genetically modified, um, this goes back to 2008, 2010, that uh, this, this huge supply gap was going to come to fruition in the U.S. And two commodities that are in 85% of all uh, beverage and, and food items in the grocery store contain sugar and citric acid. So my first um, uh, objection, uh, 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 my, my first um, movement into the market was to go into Thailand and buy as much citric acid made from tapioca starch that I possibly could. And then um, start getting that supply chain set up and then wow. eventually move into cane sugar, which was in South America, which eventually uh, ended up with alcohol. So sure. uh, <laughs> it's That's crazy. I mean, there's a lot but, of twists and turns. Yeah, but, but uh, cool story. I love it. So uh, Drake's, let's talk Drake's now. I see you got organic white rum, organic vodka, organic spice drum. Then you've got some really cool box tails. I think that's kind of cool. Black cherry limeade, mango punch, etc. Um, Where did the... So, you know, you were in the materials space, I'll call it. When did it become, I'm going to make finished product and start creating a brand, I'll, call, I'll say? Yeah, really... Beginning of 2017, the decision was made to move into uh, f uh, launching a spirit brand that had all of these certifications because it, it didn't exist. Got and it. Um, uh, again, I, I consulted and, and interviewed a lot of companies uh, that failed. And I did find a few that wildly succeeded. Um, one of the companies was a local company here in Minnesota that, um, that launched Belvedere Vodka, one of the first ultra premium spirits. And, uh, you know, I kind of modeled our, uh, uh, forward momentum with how they established their, uh, game plan. And that was, uh, you start distribution in one state, you get placements at retail, then you get pull through to the consumer. That's right. And then you go to second state, third state, fourth state. It's just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Because the common mistake I found with every other brand that had failed, um, they created a product, uh, they worked with a distributor, right. to put them in 30 or 40 states right away, and the, the amount of money it takes to build a brand. Um, somebody told me in the beginning, one, one of the um, founders of one of the successful companies told me, Mark, to, to create a brand in the alcohol spirits industry, you need 10 years and 20 million. And I said, <laughs> wow. I, I, I think I can do it for um, half the time or less and, <laughs> right. and half the money. But, uh, you know, we're five years into it. And uh, I can tell you the the amount is probably under uh, what he had estimated now with inflation and whatnot. But uh, sure. You know, we're in 46 states and five countries. Um, Amazing. We have a supply chain that uh, is is not just national, but global. We can do up to 12 million cases, uh, which is more than Tito's and Grey Goose combined. Wow. All organic, non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and kosher. So <laughs> they have, you know, an ultra-premium brand at a horrible price, basically. It is. Uh, I, I was noticing that pricing-wise, pretty reasonable. Now, did you start with all of these at the same time or was it like, you know what, we're starting with organic vodka and then we added the white rum or, you know what I mean? Like, what was your thought on product? Oh, goodness. Um, 
the, the thought was I have no clue about the industry, right. so I'm going to make tons of mistakes. I'm going to do it at a small scale. Um, so my mistakes are small and we catch them and correct them before they become big mistakes. So, uh, we set out in the fourth quarter of 2017, launching our organic vodka and organic rum here in Minnesota. And the beginning of 2018, we had the Super Bowl here, which gave us a, a great opportunity in our backyard sure. to, uh, we sponsored 16 different Super Bowl concerts here wow. in Minneapolis with Drake's Organic Spirits. Um, we had you know, tens of thousands of tastings and consumer feedback. Um, one of the, one of the interesting things that, you know, I didn't realize going into the industry was, you know, the three tiered system and right. all roads must lead through a distributor. Distributors, that's right. Um, <laughs> and the common misnomer is the distributor is going to sell your product. And that is <laughs> not the case in the alcohol industry. Right. It's the brand and the, in the, um, uh, it's the brand's job to get out there and actually build a consumer base. Totally agree. Uh, and, you know, work with, be viable enough so the distributor is uh, putting you on the radar and distributing your product and getting it in. And that doesn't end the cycle. Then it's, again, the brand that's responsible for the merchandising and, you know, the POS and getting totally. coupons, instant rebates. And totally. Um <laughs> A, a, a story uh, about launching in California in 2018, we weren't, we didn't have distribution in, in California. We were in Minnesota. Um, and then towards the middle of 2018, we expanded into Colorado, but in the beginning, uh, about the middle of 2018, I bought a uh, billboard on the 405 in California with Drake's organic spirits. Um, just to seed the market that this organic, vegan, non-GMO, gluten-free and kosher spirit brand was coming out there. Yeah. And uh, it did catch the attention of some of the distributors out there, too, um, that a brand just because of the billboard, the billboard. And we weren't even distributed yet in California. Interesting. um, That was uh, that was probably one of our best moves. Um, and that resulted in us getting, um, into Coachella, uh, later in 2018. And, um, uh, one of the entertainers at Coachella had our product and, uh, posted it on their social media and (laughs) our followers on social media went from, I don't know, five or 10,000 up to 200,000. Oh crazy. And then that led to um, <laughs> Costco seeing the product. Right. The product at that time was a freeze and eat adult push up ice cream, like the Flintstones push ups. <laughs> Got in it. The day. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a, a high end frozen sorbet with our organic alcohol at 15%. The spiked ice? Well, it was previous to spiked ice. Got this it. was um, called the Buzz Pop. And um, Costco had seen it and they had asked towards the end of 2018, can you make this shelf stable? Meaning not right. a frozen. That's but right. a, yeah. So I said, yeah, no problem. So went back and reformulated. And by the middle of December, like two weeks later, I presented for shelf stable flavors. And by January 1st, they said approved. Uh, <laughs> when you and Is I it said, like a multi-pack uh, I'm guessing at, Right. 
And by the way, you made it sound so simple to change from a frozen product to shelf stable. For those that have been listening to our podcast for a long time, you know that's not so simple. (laughs) Yeah, but again, putting the puzzle pieces together, I had the background of all the ingredients. Exactly. Um, So interesting. Working in the dairy industry, the ice cream industry, the beverage industry, knowing the different ingredients that would... um, not just make it shelf stable, but shelf stable and still maintain all the certifications of organic, vegan, and non-GMO. Right. And the key was to maintain the alcohol content above 10%. So our organic alcohol that we put into the product is actually our um, preservative. Got it. Um, bacteria can't grow in a um, setting that has higher than 10% alcohol. So we launched Drake Spiked Ice with 15% ABV right around 80 to 100 calories per serving. There's 100 milliliters, so a little under four ounces per stick. Sure. Um, and it was basically launching a new category in the BevElk space. Crazy, crazy. Um, and this year, this category will do about a billion dollars wow. revenue. Unbelievable. It never existed um, to that degree. So 15% alcohol content was primarily due to food safety, um, making sure that all of our certifications were organic organic and um that also helped us expand internationally uh costco in japan in 2019 placed their orders um so we've been in japan with our spiked ice for now over two years with multiple reorders which has expanded into other asian markets um here domestically we backed down the abv to 12 percent um and there was also some uh, chemistry going on with how do you get product to freeze above 8%. And um, today you'll see a lot of competitors that are in this space. Um, White Claw, Truly, um, they all launched to freeze and eat Popsicle, but you, you won't see any others that are above 5 or 8% because how do you freeze alcohol? And this goes back to the ingredients um, and how to process those ingredients in the dairy industry, I transferred over one of the technologies into our product that um, if you think of like Dairy Queen ice cream, it's light, fluffy, about 80% air. Um, The emulsification process that's used to produce that product is similar to how we um, blend and emulsify all of our organic ingredients to then help it freeze in a, a, a normal um, household freezer. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, really, really cool. Now, did you already, I get the ingredients part, but managing distribution and production for that volume. I mean, did you know how to do the production process? Did you have to lean on others? Did you figure it out from your network? No you know what I mean? Clue. Manufacturing? No, I had no clue. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I knew where to go. So I started right. to, you know, when, when, Costco said they need 100 million units of this product. Um, right, just produce how many that. can you fill? Um, I had to find a machine right. that could actually, and I had to produce the machine. I had to build it. So I found a machine fabricator in Wisconsin or some around January 6th or 7th of 2019. And, you know, I gave them the parameters. They gave me the pricing for a machine that would do X amount per minute. And um, six months to build and X amount of dollars. I said, I need it in two months. I'll um, drive over there every week uh, right. <laughs> to, to help, uh, you know, parallel order all of the different parts that, you know, and we got it done in two months. We had the machine placed into our co-packing facility by May of that year. 
we were producing for Costco by June and delivering to Costco store shelves by July 3rd. Amazing. So wow. we went from concept to on the store shelf with Costco in less than six months with an alcohol product, which is unheard of. And that's <laughs> the year, if you recall, that there was a government shutdown. Right. Meaning TTB shut down, which meant we couldn't get our um, label for our spiked ice approved until TTB reopened, which was, I believe, around February 10th or 15th of 2018. Got it. So wow. I was just parallel um, <laughs> moving forward with whatever we could move forward, right. knowing that had to backfill with the details once we got um, TTB open. And, and it That's all worked so out. Fascinating. That was that was our launch with spiked ice. Um, That's crazy. 2019. That's crazy. Um, wow. So where are you now? Like what, when you think about today in the next six to 12 months, what are keys to growth? Do you keep adding other brands, other alcoholic beverage types, or do you go line extensions with your box sales? Like what's your thought on that? Yeah, good question. So when we first launched, my goal was to create a new um, category in the BevElk space for health and wellness. And back then when people thought of alcohol, you didn't necessarily think of health and wellness. Right. However, <laughs> you're a consumer and you're going into a grocery store and you're buying um, and selecting organic and non-GMO products. And then you go into the attached liquor store and you see the same type of certification. Right. I knew that nine times out of 10, um, a consumer is going to choose something that is healthier uh, or perceived healthier for you. And um, I won't get into the debate if organic uh, <laughs> is healthier or not healthier, but what I can say is, um, if we can deliver an organic non-GMO uh, at a higher quality at or below the conventional pricing, that's an easy decision to make. Sure. And our goal was to do those, um, to, to deliver the uh, premium product to the consumer at or below the conventional pricing um, at a volume that isn't just a regional, but it's national and global. And um, today you start you do see other major brands that have ventured into the organic or the gluten-free. Um, and we want that. We want more brands to come into the space because as uh, a, a part of the Bev Elk space, organic is maybe less than 2% or 3%. Sure. But it is a fast growing and, and they'll eventually figure out how to make it more cost-effective and to scale. But our goal in the beginning was to have it scalable right away to fulfill this supply chain, which isn't just 10,000 cases or 100,000 cases. Um, we can go up to 12 million cases. And it's basically Crazy. how it's You can scale. Goal. You have yeah. to scale. Um, talk about, have you had to lean into others in terms of building this? You know, what is is there a team? Is it... You know, what, what, what do you, what does the people part look like in terms of you think about how you've built the business? Sure. Yes. Yeah, so beginning, it was my wife and I, and, <laughs> right. um, we seeded the, yeah, we seeded the company with, um, with our funds. And then 2017, as we launched Drake's Organic Spirits, I did a, a private placement. Um, uh, we oversubscribed that placement by two X. Uh, they, that gave us um, runway to ramp up in 2018. And then by 2019, as we were expanding our spiked ice, I did a second private placement, um, raised additional funds, um, and then continued to grow. During that time, 
there were two full-time employees and probably a half dozen um, additional people that were working for compensation with equity and um, sweat equity and just you know, sure. building the company. Um, and then around the later part of 2018, 2019, I started searching for industry experience veterans that had a uh, great reputation at, um, uh, in, in the distribution space because that was one of the key areas that I identified right away that we needed um, a lot of help with. So sure. uh, fortunate to find some great senior level executives that had uh, worked with a couple of the major uh, distributors, uh, had a long career, uh, great network, and started to bring them on board with, um, with Drake's Organic Spirits. Um, today we have less than 15 full-time employees. We have a, a board of directors and um, yeah, we just, we continue to grow. Um, I'm always looking for um, top level salespeople and people that can think outside the box. Um, we, we didn't do anything building this company conventional. It was sure. you know, innovate, innovate, figure out, you know, here's a roadblock. Are we going around it, under it, over it? Over <laughs> right. It? We're going to get around it. And, uh, you know, when you have no other choice, you know, that's that's the best time to be involved with a company. Sure. Because even when COVID hit and basically 60% of our market then shut down. Right. All of the on-premise, all the casinos right. that we've gotten into, all of the, you know, inroads that we made with Live Nation and all the other major events, um, that all went away. And, that's crazy. Uh, you know, within 24 hours of basically the shutdown, um, I'm looking at our warehouse filled with alcohol and <laughs> filled with right. a, a spiked ice machine that can fill these 100 milliliter packets. Right. And all the news is talking about is um, how short the the country is on sanitizer. Right. And it wasn't just the sanitizer; it was the packaging. Right. that basically is um, imported and that's right uh, and within 24 hours we started making sanitizer filling uh filling these spiked ice pouches with sanitizer so people could refill those dispensers and we were um, sending it out to first responders and um it, within the next month we generated over a million in revenue wow that's our, crazy uh, alcohol into sanitizer because we had to right we had to keep revenue turning and then by june of 2020 um our spiked ice in uh illinois started to get uh national placement with um a, a large uh, national retailer got it and that, that then took off and got us through covid and um at that time realizing that the consumer uh shifted in their consumption from not being able to go to the bar and ordering a cocktail to home consumption with rtds right the right huge spike in seltzers canned seltzers oh, that's on fire last year right i mean but we didn't want to be you know me too. In, <laughs> you didn't want to be the me too <laughs> so um realizing that we wanted to do a ready to drink, but we wanted to do something different. Um, some of the, some of the 
customers on the ingredients side that I'd been supplying previously were doing the bibs, the bag in the box sure. type of yep. packaging. And uh, September 22nd of 2020, uh, the idea was um, I was talking with our packaging um, art graphic person and we were going over the 12% spiked ice. And I said, you know, why don't we just um, start putting the spiked ice into a bag in the box format? And he said, yeah, we could call it box tails. And I said, <laughs> let me call legal and see if we can trade. We can get that right now. <laughs> I think it was like 10 o'clock at night of September 22nd. I'm calling the attorney saying, Hey, can you do a research? I want to uh, trademark box tails. And we had it, you know, registered by the next day. It's crazy. Um, and then October 30th, um, so less than 40 days later, we're actually producing boxtails. Um, we launched our mojito yeah, uh, and then the other spiked ice flavors. And then since we've come out with a, a margarita, yep. uh, we have an amazing organic tequila, um, an extra añejo that we're um, about to launch next month. Mm, that's and awesome. The black cherry so, limeade looks pretty good, I have to say. And the watermelon, yeah. the watermelon teeny seems yummy. They are, <laughs> but you know, there's 14 cocktails in one of these in box, one box, and nice. they retail anywhere from 12.99 to 19.99. So, right, it's a so full great. cocktail, 12 percent alcohol. It's all mixed, so instead of you know muddling a mojito with all right, this, it's all here. It's, it's ready, ready to go, and it's shelf stable. I love it because of the alcohol content. So you can pour a drink out of it today um, over ice and five months later pour a drink over ice again and it's um, there's there's no artificial preservatives it's all organic non-gmo vegan gluten-free and culture that's so great i love it um man this is such a cool story i it, you've had many uh lessons learned i'm sure and i always love to ask our guests to share two or three lessons learned or pieces of advice you'd offer to other entrepreneurs you know what does that look like for you i know you've probably got a long list of them but if you had to pick two or three like what would be some advice you'd offer um it, it's it's good to know what you um what you're good at, but it's more important to know what you aren't good at and Ooh. then find the people that can fill those voids. And uh, I'm a big picture person that's good at putting the puzzle pieces together. But when it comes to detail and filling in the voids, um, I've got, you know, great people and, and partners around me that uh, are detailed, that can um, make sure that the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed, and you know we continue to build and ramp up. So the big picture has been out there, but Got coming it. through with all the details and backfilling is really important. Um, Money-wise, knowing that whatever you think it's going to cost, not just double it, triple it. Um, <laughs> patience. Yep. Um, and then whoever that is coming in as an investor, um, you know, make sure that they, they're aware that, you know, here's the plan. And if things change, um, we're not quitting. We're going to figure out a way to continue on and uh, persevere. And even when COVID hit and everybody in the industry and liquidity dried up, you know, we still had a great uh, support team with sure. our investors. Got and, it. Uh, um, so, yeah, that was probably the, the unforeseen biggest black swan event one could ever have and to get through it not only get through it 
but double our revenue. Right. And evolve uh, and innovate, right? I mean, you had to, you came up with the box sales. It, you changed your focus back. with sanitizer. Like, you know, you shifted, you know, it's really pretty impressive. So the freeze and eat popsicle category will probably, well, it's a billion dollar category this year. I believe that the um, box cocktail uh, will be as big as boxed wine wow. and wow. Uh, will be a huge segment in the ready to drink for consumers. And there's a few reasons for that. Got you it. saw the supply chain disruptions with aluminum cans this year, along with everything else. Totally. But truly in White Claw this year alone, we'll do um, close to 10 billion with a B, 10 billion aluminum cans. Wow. Which is just mind boggling. Yeah, it's crazy think, to think about the numbers. <laughs> right. I think White Claw alone will do about 6 billion cans. That's crazy. Um, billion. When you think about a consumer, uh, you open up a, a seltzer, that's only as good as that one time sitting. Um, you're not going to set it aside and, and drink it the next day. No. So definitely um, not. <laughs> the consumption and the cans and the and the volume and the usage, you know, all of those cans are going to the landfill. You compare that to a ready to drink in a boxed format. Totally. And it's, it's recyclable, by the way. It's right? recyclable, sustainable. Multi use, I mean okay. sustainable. So, That's really impressive. This eliminates five aluminum cans going wow. to the landfills. You have a compostable cardboard box. So, That's and so cool. Our, our whole brand and whole company is um, carbon negative. So when you look at the alcohol industry and spirits in general, most alcohol is produced from grain derivatives. So you have uh, corn ethanol, which most vodka out there is derived from grain or corn ethanol um, all of our alcohol is produced from cane sugar so it has the same calories it has the same alcohol content but that's where things you know start to change corn ethanol um, growing up on a farm i know that you know in the spring you prepare the ground by tilling it you fertilize then you um, plant your crop um, and then if it's genetically modified, you're spraying that crop pesticides and herbicides two to three times in the season, then you're harvesting it. You compare that to organic cane sugar. Uh, cane sugar is a grass and that grass grows. You harvest it at least two times a year in the region that we produce our organic cane sugar. And you, you are able to achieve four years of harvesting before you have to replant wow. the cane sugar. So you get eight harvests, eight production cycles compared to one production cycle with corn. So you're actually taking carbon dioxide. Um, the, the cane sugar is processing the CO2, producing oxygen, which is eliminating carbon. And each time you cut the cane, it's regenerating. And, and so just by that, we're, we're carbon negative and sustainable. And then going into the retail products of having consumer-friendly, smarter packaging that is reducing waste. And um, again, that's why we created the box tails. Um, and this this is going to be a huge category. Totally. That's amazing. You got to have a little counter on your website. Like every one of these sold saved five cans. So five <laughs> cans times the number of box sold, box sales sold. You could be like, we saved billion cans. You know what I mean? Right. Have a little, that'd be kind of cool. Um, <laughs> anyway, right. 
This has been so great. I, I have to say, like, I think I could talk to you for another hour or two. Um, and just because the space is so interesting and what you're doing in it is so innovative. Um, we definitely want to have you back on down the road. Um, as we wrap up today, though, Mark, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy your product, etc. Absolutely. So drakesorganic.com. Uh, we have a full um, location finder. So uh, we're in 46 states and five countries. Um, national retailers that are carrying us, all the majors. Um, and if you don't see it in your state, you can ask for it. We have um, one of the two largest distributors in the nation that's distributing our product. You can also find us on social media at Drake's Organic on Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, and uh, <laughs> everywhere. Yes, yes. everywhere. Man, it's been so great meeting you and having you here with us today. I can't wait to have you back on Down the Road, Mark. Thanks for making the time. Thanks, Justin. Drink Drake's. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.